Rodos Malaka, Lakashkash Dim Benajna. Oana Lakashkahet Divrat. Sagannar sisters and welcome back to an all new sermons in the park podcast exclusive episode as always i am your reverend jamie mccaskill now hold on a second i know that you have read the title of this episode and you're thinking wait a minute you said that you were going to be starting a whole series on paul next um i want to explain myself here um today i was sitting here um, just, you know, enjoying my Friday after Thanksgiving when all of a sudden I just randomly found myself thinking more and more about Barabbas. And um, I don't know about you, but when I think of something I, as hard as I did with Barabbas today, um, I just can't let it go. I have to research it. I have to find more information. And, um, actually, um, back when I first got started doing sermons in the park, in the videos, 
um, you can actually go and find a video about adultery. And um, that was originally supposed to be, a, that, that week's sermon was originally supposed to be something completely different. And I suddenly, while writing my sermon for that day, that, uh, that week, I found myself concentrating. I, I couldn't concentrate on whatever the sermon was supposed to be that day. And I found myself researching adultery and uh, how that sin can cause so Honestly, if you look at that one, that can be applied to any other sin where you find yourself just piling on more and more and more and more. Anyway, so as I was studying Barabbas and finding out all this information, I decided, you know what? We're going to do a podcast exclusive on this one. So let's ask ourselves this. What did happen to Barabbas after he was released? So what I did was I started looking into the texts that I, you know, the ones that I have here in hand, a lot of books that Miss Mary donated to me. Um, some that I uh, already own. I've got some really old religious books here, dictionaries, uh, books on just people of the Bible, people of the Old Testament. And I did a lot of research online as well. <laughs> and all that I could discover was that there's no biblical or even historical records that tell us what happened to Barabbas after he was let go. But I want to bring up some interesting things that I did find out, uh, especially online. Uh, I was looking at, at, at an article that um, you can find yourself. Just go Google Gospel Mysteries. It's a website. Um, in the article that I found there, it says, and I'm quoting here, The Gospels don't say what Barabbas did after he was released, but other ancient sources do preserve some traditions about him. According to one tradition, on the day that he was released, he went, to, he went to Golgotha and watched Jesus die on the cross. Some, some sources also say that he was later killed while taking part in another revolt against the Romans. Um, and, and, you know, um, I don't know about you, but... Uh, I love watching movies based on the Gospels and, and the Bible. And there's a movie starring Billy Zane where he plays Barabbas. And both of those correlate to what we see in that movie. Now, like I said, we, we have no reliable information on um, Barabbas after, uh, on his history, I should say, after uh, his release. Now, you know where I stand when there's a subject um, that the Bible does not expand on. Um, but I am going to repeat myself again. If the Bible does not tell us, it's not important. Now, that does not mean that God does not want us to ponder, on, uh, ponder over it. And to learn a lesson from it. Um, just look at Barabbas. Barabbas was a murderer. That's right. Take a look at Acts chapter 3 verse 14. Uh, there we read, But you denied the Holy One 
and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Let's remember that Barabbas was facing his own death. But it is through divine providence that Barabbas is set free, you know, and Jesus, you know, the sweet, the, the sinless and innocent Jesus Christ dies in Barabbas's place. I think there is no better representation of God's love than this. Jesus is crucified. Barabbas is saved. That means that the cross that Jesus is sacrificed on was the cross that was meant for Barabbas, the murderer. God spared Barabbas' life, and just like Barabbas here, we are all sinners, and we're dead in our sin. We are all destined to die. But Jesus died for us. Let's look at these verses. We have Romans 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God command God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Then we have Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Then we have 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. It reads, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. So next time you watch a movie, right? Or if you read a Bible, or Bible story, and you're reading the crucifixion of Christ, when you're seeing that scene played for you, you should take the time to realize you are like Barabbas. You're dead in your trespasses. You're dead in your sins. You are condemned to die. And, and just like Barabbas, you are let go. As Jesus takes Barabbas' place on the cross, that's also your place as well. Our place, all of us, every human being on this planet, that is where we all belong because of our sins. And Jesus, he takes our place there. Anyway, back to Barabbas. Barabbas was set free. But what happened after that? Well, the only way we'll ever know is if God tells us. But yes, it's true that it is possible that just like I read uh, in, in several places today, that it's very possible that Barabbas went up to Golgotha and he stood there watching Jesus die on the cross. And he identified with the death of Christ. Now, what, what does that mean? Well, that would mean that 
Barabbas obtained eternal salvation. And it's also possible, like I also read in those same sources, that Barabbas, you know, he snubbed his nose at it. And he went on and led a rebellion against Rome, which led to his death, both physically and spiritually. If that's true, it should be a warning to all of us. So let me ask you, what have you done with that free offer of salvation that God has given to us through Jesus? You see, we need to pay close attention to what we've heard or we can, you know, drift away from it. Because ever since that angel declared the message and that, and that message was proven to be reliable and every sin received a just retribution, how can we escape it if we, if we refuse the gospel? You see, it was first declared by the Lord, and it was also attested to by everyone that heard it. God was, God also was, he, he gave us evidence in his signs and his wonders and in the miracles and, and in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are all distributed according to his will. Let's take a look. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to read the first four verses. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of, of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Have you received these gifts? If not, let me tell you what the Bible tells us, and this will help you possess that great gift of eternal salvation because I want to make it clear you cannot receive it you cannot receive salvation through good works I believe I have told you this over and over again right here on sermons in the park and guess what I'm gonna repeat it over and over again alright and also I want to say this you're not going to receive salvation because of some religious affiliation, okay? You're not going to receive it because you're part of the church. Going to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. Going to the church doesn't make you saved. If you are not born again, you're not saved. If you have not gone to God and asked his forgiveness and accepted it and trusted in Jesus and, and meant it from your heart, because that's the hardest part for us to realize is that saying some magical prayer doesn't work. 
This is not some wish factory. It's not like rubbing the genie's lamp and saying, I'm sorry, Lord. It's, it's not how it works. You have to mean it. It's called contrition. If you're not, if you're not in contrition when you ask, you don't mean it. You you have to. It's 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 so hard to explain it to you like over the, you know. But if you don't mean it, you don't mean it. So how do you receive this gift? Well, look what the Bible tells us again. Romans chapter ten, verses nine and ten. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is through faith in Jesus and his resurrection that will save you from eternal damnation. Faith in Jesus means you fully trust in him. Just like if you had, if you were about to fall out of a plane and you had a parachute on, you have to trust in that parachute. Now, the Bible also tells us this. The Bible also tells us there is no more condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Did you get that? No more condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. It says it right there. There is no, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So when the devil comes to you and he reminds you of these things you did in your past. You can look him dead in his face and say ha ha. Because Jesus has already forgiven you. You're no longer condemned because of that. But you see, if you reject Jesus, you are eternally damned. That is in multiple places, brothers and sisters. John chapter 3, verses 15 to 19. What do we read there? That who Soever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Everyone knows that one, don't they? Read on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth not is not condemned. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And just a few verses later, John chapter 3, verse 36. What do we read there? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, turn. let's keep going. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. We're going to read verses 10 to 12. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in him. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record. That God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath no life. Now, this will be the last verse we read today. Um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Now, when you're pondering on these things, you see, you can get off into different. But that most important part is that we are all saved. We all need to, if you're not already, and you want to talk about it, and you want somebody to help you, I'm here. Message me on Facebook. Message me on Twitter. I will help you. But this is the most important thing that you could ever make. Because as I said a few videos ago, if you, or a few podcast episodes ago, the time is getting so near. The signs are coming faster and faster. Look at the world, how far everyone has gotten away from God. Look at the Euphrates River as it dries up. Look at Canada, how they're now offering assisted suicide for people who are depressed. Look at Israel, how we now have this man that they are calling, they have not officially named him that yet, but they are hinting that he may be the Messiah. All of this is signs of the end time. How much longer are you going to wait? Are you going to wait until all the Christians around you are taken up? Are you going to wait until it's too late? But even then, if you're waiting until the Antichrist takes office because you believe you'll be able to identify him, our own Bible tells us everyone's going to love this man or woman, whoever it is. They're going to be so loved that everyone on this planet is going to look at them and think that they are that they are telling the truth. You see, the Democrats, they like to point their finger at Donald Trump. But the problem is, that means they love him. So it can't be him. I myself was guilty of pointing my finger at Barack Obama. But you see, that would mean I loved him. But I'll be honest with you, I did. 
at first. People tend to think that the person that they most hate is him. I'm going to give you an example. And I'm not saying that he is. <laughs> okay. The Antichrist is going to be someone that everyone loves. Someone like The Rock. Okay. Someone like that. Who people all look at and they go, that's a great guy. He'd make a great leader. And then that's when all the bad stuff starts to come out. But you see, he's going to be so loved that he's going to he's going to be like that abusive husband who treats you like crud. But you love him. He must be doing it for your own good. And that's what it's going to be like. So just just. Don't wait till it gets to that point. That it's too late. If you if you if you don't want to even get a hold of me, get a hold of a, a Bible-based church. Not those liberal churches that tell you you don't have to repent. Yes, you do. You have to confess your sins to God and turn your back on those sins. Not confess your sins and then go back to them. That's not what you're supposed to do. So many, as a, so many of us have done that. That we have to get away from that, turn our backs on it, say hate it, hate the sin, love God, trust in God, because that's where your trust belongs. I hope that um. Uh, you got something out of what we talked about today because like I said when Barabbas was on my mind a lot today I have no idea why I think God put that on my mind he's done it before he'll probably do it again but next up we will be doing our reading and review of well not reading and review <laughs> that, that's Sunday right uh, where we're going to be continuing Genesis we're going to be looking into the life of the Apostle Paul I've gotten a lot of stuff here that I'm reading and I'm working on. And I have no idea how long we'll be looking at Paul in these podcast exclusives. But we're going to be looking at Paul. You know, Paul, who at first was killing Christians until God struck him blind. <laughs> Amen. And then brought him brought him to him. Paul, the, the man who called himself the Pharisee of Pharisees. So... Thank you all. I hope that God continues to bless you and keep you. And like I said, I'm going to say it again. I'm here if you need me. Message me on Facebook. Get a hold of me somehow. I'm always here to help you. I'm always here to, you know, weddings. If you're in Ohio, I can do weddings. I can do house blessings. I'll visit you at the hospital. Anything that I can do to help you, I am here for you. So I pray the Lord continues to bless you and keep you. And I'll see you all here next time. Thank you and God bless. Thank you.